The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The Michael Duke Show. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. That's right. It's Firearms Friday. <laughs> hey, 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 how you doing this morning? You ready to rock and roll? Ready to go? Ready to ready to do this thing that we call radio? Yeah, me too. I'm uh, ready to go. It's Friday, man. It's it's been a man. It's been a week. It's been a week, hasn't it? It's been a week and a week and a day, it feels like already. Well, welcome to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show, and we are ready to uh, get into it here. And uh, our, our favorite day of the week, Firearms Friday, where we get a chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature, Second Amendment. It's what we're going to do. It's how we're going to do it. It's all right here on the big radio show. Thanks for coming in and joining us and being part of the broadcast today. We are broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator and uh, FM translator, by the way, for those of you, for those of you who don't know the ins and outs of radio, it is an FM translator, but you'll find us everywhere, everywhere. Across the state, one day. Um, <laughs> we are everywhere on the internet. Uh, of course, we're broadcasting live as usual on our website, where the audio only stream is going out to all the peoples in the world from MichaelDukeShow.com. We also have links on there to our, uh, our social media feeds and our video feeds. We're simulcasting the show on Facebook and on YouTube and on Twitch. Twitch TV this morning. Twitch, Twitch. I'm a little twitchy. Twitchy with Twitch TV this morning. Um, you can uh, come on out and join us and be part of it. And we're we're looking forward to uh, we're looking forward to a great show today. We're looking forward to you uh, being a participant participant in today's show. So come on out, come on out and join us and enjoy it and hang out in the chat room and do all the do all the things here together. All right, what's on the what's on the agenda? What is the schedule for today? Today is a deep voice day. I can tell. Uh, what's on the agenda for today? Well, uh, we've got our guest lined up this morning. He's going to be joining us in about 10, 12, uh, 13 minutes. We're going to be talking with Rob Pincus from the Personal Defense Network and the PDN Tour. He's going to be... Uh, He's going to be part of the show here in just a few moments, and we're going to be chatting with him about um, uh, about just guns in general, the New York state law, the new credit card 
code. Have you heard about this? The new merchant codes for credit cards for gun stores. Uh, we're going to talk about that and um, and uh, and more with Rob Pincus, uh, who is the founder of ICE Defensive Training and, or ICE Combat Training and, of course, the Personal Defense Network, the PDN Tour, which is uh, going on across the country right now as we speak. So that's coming up in a few minutes. Uh, in hour two, we're going to uh, open up the phone lines for gun Q&A, uh, which is uh, our chance to answer questions about the Second Amendment. And that's really the heart of Firearms Friday. This show was started years ago to try and um, demystify the firearm, to counteract some of the... Uh, to counteract some of the uh, misinformation that we see in the news media and from many other sources and and everything else, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna do that with gun Q and A in hour two. We'll open up the phone lines and we will hang out and uh, just chit chat about some of the gun stories and I don't know range reports and news and a little bit of everything that's coming out. So that's. That's all coming up uh, here this morning as well. And, of course, we will finish off the show, as always, with Willie Waffle, who has our weekend movie review. So that's uh, that's what's happening today. Uh, so good morning and uh, and welcome to the program. I want to say thank you to our friends at Satellite West for sponsoring this hour of the show today. Satellite West, uh, of course, is your go-to solution for anything that's related to communications in the last frontier, whether it's uh, telephones or text messaging or email or Internet. Regardless of where you are, Satellite West can find you and, uh, and help you be found. Uh, with their uh, satellite technology utilizing the Iridium Satellite Network and more. You can find out more about them over at SatelliteWest.com. Doesn't matter how you want to communicate. They'll they'll figure it out. Telegraph, carrier pigeon. They'll make it more efficient and better. Because let's face it, in the middle of winter, how far can a carrier pigeon really go, right? And the smoke signals in the dark. I mean, when it's, you know, when it's dark uh, 20 hours a day, Kind of hard to see those smoke signals, so it's uh, it's a good chance to good time to do it. All right, well, let's take a look at a few. Oh, there's so many headlines to go over today, so many, and we may get into some of these an hour or two. But I'm trying to decide um, where I'd like to start. I guess we should start with uh, <clears throat> the good news, and this is not my normal good news. This is just some good news for gun owners. Um, because we have been talking about the Bruin decision. Now, for the that is the Supreme Court decision that basically reversed a big chunk of, uh, of law in the state of New York and like seven or eight other states who had a not a shall issue um, ruling on their concealed carry permits, but you had to give a justification. You had to show just cause to want to exercise your Second Amendment rights and carry a concealed firearm and apply for a permit and all that other kind of stuff. That was at the heart of Bruin, and that was struck down. And then the uh, state of New York, uh, in a fit of pique, decided to, okay, that's fine. Then we'll just make all these places 
that people could potentially carry will just make them all illegal, including private property and public transportation and parks and certain areas. And it basically even Kathy Holchel uh, said something about uh, – um, you know, that there were just a few streets that you might be able to walk or walk down with a concealed carry and be able to uh, be able to be legal. I mean, the, this is essentially a de facto ban on uh, a de facto ban on uh, firearms and concealed carry in the, in the whole thing. So definitely, uh, uh, definitely uh, uh, an interesting thing. Well, I predicted it, and it, well, not like it was hard to predict. It was like predicting that the sun was going to come up uh, tomorrow, but um, the, uh, the 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 other shoe is finally dropped, and now we have two big heavy hitters filing a lawsuit in uh, the state of New York against the uh, against the unconstitutional bans on sensitive locations and firearms. The suit was filed by our friends at the Firearms Policy Coalition and the Second Amendment Foundation, along with two individual plaintiffs. Um, this is, you know, remember, because the, the despite the fact that a federal judge had declared that many of New York, uh, New York's uh, post-Bruin gun laws were unconstitutional, they're still in effect because that same judge also decided that the plaintiffs who filed a suit earlier in a, in a, in a different lawsuit had decided that they didn't have standing to sue. And I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around that judgment, that decision uh, in and of itself. Somehow these citizens who were gun owners and carriers didn't have the standing to sue. And I'm, I don't know if there was some legal tap dancing there or not, but that same judge also did say that the, uh, the, the many of the post-Brune laws are blatantly on their face unconstitutional. So anyway, the Firearms Policy Coalition and the Second Amendment Foundation have jumped onto the case. It's called Boron versus Bruin, and it asserts that the new restrictions approved just weeks after the Supreme Court decision striking down the May issue and replace it with a, a con, a, you know, with the shall issue, replaced one unconstitutional licensing scheme with another, and worse, implemented expansive new criminal laws that ban the carry of firearms in so-called sensitive locations and presumptively on most property in the state, even for those who lawfully acquire and possess a license under the state's uh, onerous new licensing scheme. That's the quote from the thing. It's basically a de facto ban on concealed carry. And uh, it is very, very good. And there's a nice little summation here in the filing from um, from the Firearms Policy Coalition that says New York's carry regulations in designated sensitive locations go far beyond any constitutionally relevant historical justif- uh, justification and ordinary and law-abiding citizens like and including plaintiffs are again prevented from carrying handguns in public for self-defense in almost all corners of the state, except in what Governor Hochul said were probably some streets. This makes a mockery of the Supreme Court's holding in Bruin, which reaffirmed that personal security extends to more than just, quote, those who work in marbled halls guarded constantly by a vigilant and dedicated police force, quote, to ordinary law-abiding Americans outside the home. 
Moreover, New York's designation of private property as a restricted location is an unprecedented designation that essentially deputizes all property owners in the state to effectuate a carry ban that the Supreme Court most recently invalidated in Bruin. The Second Amendment, however, cannot be so easily manipulated, since the state's expansive restrictions on carry in public do not allow typically uh, law-abiding citizens to carry a loaded and operable handgun outside their homes in all sorts of places of everyday life, these restrictions deny them any meaningful right to bear arms. Boom! Mic drop. I mean, that is pretty much the the whole thing here. Uh, They go on in this filing uh, to talk about uh, uh, the plaintiff, Boron, who is, present, who is presently a New York law, uh, is uh, already has a concealed carry permit under New York law. And then they go about and talk about his daily life. He wants to do things. He wants to be able to walk his dog to the local park. He wants to be able to go downtown to downtown Buffalo and go out to dinner, which he does. He wants to be able to ride public transportation, which he does quite frequently. He wants to be able to exercise his Second Amendment rights and do all these things. And it goes through this whole thing, and it is, it is. I mean, it's it's. This is a damning, damning indictment of what New York is trying to do uh, to gun owners. And quite honestly, it just makes me scratch my head and wonder why people continue to live in states where their rights are abrogated on an almost daily basis. Just absolutely crazy stuff. Anyway, uh, we can talk about this story later on as we get into Hour 2. Plus, I've got a bunch more, including the latest on Beto O'Rourke, that uh, the California congresswoman, who is the anti-gun congresswoman, who had two of her own guns stolen from her house. She's running for L.A. mayor, by the way. So good luck looking into any of the hanky stuff about that. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit as well. But we've got to uh, take a break. So... We're going to do that here. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Rob Pincus. And uh, we're going to uh, talk with him about, well, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I know we're going to talk about New York. We're going to talk about a lot of different stuff. And we're going to get into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more. And Rob Pincus from the PDN Tour up next, right here. Don't go anywhere. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right, we're in the break. Uh, And uh, waiting here for Rob Pincus to join us uh, in the green room to get things uh, squared away for this morning. Let me go up to the, uh, let me go over here to the chat room and see what everybody's talking about. Oh, hey, hello, friend. I swallow, oh, I don't even want to say that, see? I see what you're doing there. There's a troll in the chat room. Um, idiot you are with your guns. Oh, okay. Well, hey, 
Don't participate, my friend. If you don't want to, that's fine. Uh, let me go over here. Funky music for Friday. Yep. Rick says, I wonder if Ukraine has thought about adopting a similar version of our Constitution, especially the part about the Second Amendment. Um, I know that uh, Ukraine and um, Romania and Bulgaria, several of the Slavic countries have really relaxed their uh, gun laws. And in fact, um, I think it's Romania that has um, included a right to keep arms, uh, keep and bear arms in their constitution. It's not as free as it's not as wide and open as ours is. But I know that, that, <clears throat> that that's being in, uh, um, entertained, I guess I should say, by a lot of the uh, Eastern, uh, Eastern European uh, countries. So, uh, yeah, Rick, I think uh, people are seeing the possibility of what's going on down there. Is gun steel different, says Jim? Well, gun steel, I mean, it's hardened steel. It's, uh, I mean, it's a different from what? Um, I mean, gun steel is, uh, is just a high grade of steel. Um, same could be said to use for knives or other tooling or equipment or dyes or whatever. Um, I'm going over here. I just, I just had my pep rally. It was pretty cool, but the seniors got the spirit stick. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Rob, uh, I saw Rob Pincus said, looking forward to joining soon. Um, let's go over here. Uh, should you, uh, should Forrest Dunbar publicly supported his family in Portland riots during the election as Forrest Dunbar, um, is the hinkiness in New York further evidence of the onset of an Irish democracy? <clears throat> It's very possible. I mean, I think that I think that many politicians, especially those in some of the bigger areas, are out of touch with what I think average um, average voters and average Americans, you know, believe in, and they think what they think is important. Um, I think that that is prevalent um, across the country. You know, for me, guns are a big issue, right? I mean, obviously, I've dedicated a whole day of my show every week to guns. So to me, guns are a big issue. But to many people across the state of Alaska and, of course, across the country, they're not. I just saw a recent poll. AARP just had this. Uh, I just got the document dump from AARP. They had a exhaustive um, uh, piece um, about the elections coming up and the and the the candidates and ranked choice voting and everything else but one of the interesting things was that they had a list of priorities for can or for uh, citizens remember one of my favorite questions to ask a candidate is you're out on the street you're talking to people what do they you know what are what are the constituents concerned about and AARP actually had that on the uh, on the thing and they talked about all the different um you know, they talked about all the different uh, issues and gun control is only a priority for 4% of the electorate that responded. The economy, the PFD, Roe v. Wade, those were all well up into double digits. In fact, uh, it was the economy was top with like 15 or 16% said that was their top, uh, you know, uh, uh, issue, et cetera. Guns were way, way down. Um, and, uh, it's an interesting, it's a, definitely an interesting, we're going to, we're going to break it down next week sometime and go over it. It is definitely some interesting stuff. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Looks like Brian and Bill both responded to that, uh, to that survey. 
I'm not old enough to respond to that survey yet. <laughs> I just thought I'd point that out. I know the beard's white and everything else, but I'm not I'm not that old yet. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. Let's get to it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Share, like the show. Let's get to it. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the program. We're continuing now, jumping into it and uh, ready to talk about all things firearms related. It is Firearms Friday. And we're happy to have back on the program. Been quite a while since we've talked to him. Uh, Rob Pincus from the uh, Personal Defense Network uh, and the PDN Training Tour, Ice Professional Training, Walk the Talk America. I mean, the guy's wearing a million hats. Uh, I'm not sure which one to uh, to point out first. Rob Pincus joins us this morning to talk about uh, all the good gun stuff that we can this morning. Good morning, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you doing? You know, I've got no complaints, my friend. Every day above ground is a good day, so we're, we're ready to jump in and do it. Now, you're in the middle of the PDN tour, and I've been, of course, talking about that, and I'm sure some people are scratching their head. Give us a rundown. Tell us what the PDN tour, that's a personal defense network. Tell us what the PDN tour is all about. Yeah, personal defense network training tour. I actually have taught my last class for the 2022 personal defense network training tour, but there's still four, I think there's four classes left to go this weekend. So we've got a few of our instructors. I know Kevin Dixie's teaching. I think Barrett Kendrick's teaching. Uh, Don Edwards is headed back to Florida. He's got a course early next week. Uh, so there's been a lot going on. I am wearing, I'm not wearing any hat. I usually, my, and in fact, my cowboy action shooting name, so you know, is no hat rob no hat rob no hat yeah. rob that's it they, told me, they said i had to have a code name and i and i had to wear like the clothing right of the period and they said i had to wear a hat i said i don't think is that real and i looked at the rules and sure enough i had to have a, an alias but i did not have to wear a hat so i am no hat rob but you're right i wear a lot of hats in the industry today i'm wearing my personal events network training uh tour t-shirt for 2022 and what the tour is this was actually our 10th tour it wasn't our 10th annual because we canceled the, the 2020 tour for obvious reasons. Right, right. So it was our tour under the PDN banner. And what, what really happened is the Personal Defense Network brand grew out of, as you know, um, a training DVD series that we actually started in 2005. Right. The PDN brand was born in 2010. And we were looking for ways to promote the brand to get people to go to the website, look at the videos, you know, maybe become a member, uh, maybe take an online class, but definitely to see the great content that we had there. And of course, I'm running around the country teaching all the time anyway. Um, we in 2008 started referring it to referring to my uh, bouncing all over the earth as the combat focus shooting tour. Um, kind of like, you know, a play on a, on a music tour. Right, right, we do right. We T-shirts with the cities that I would teach and things like that. So by 2012, we decided to go ahead and bring in some of our um, advertising partners, some of the companies I work with in the industry, and most importantly, other instructors who are contributors to Personal Defense Network and really form uh, the tour as a, not only an advertising and marketing model, but also as a way to get people interested in training and to promote 
building of training communities in places that maybe didn't have a big training scene or a range that hosted a lot of training. So the, the key component to any of the instructors that are on the tour is obviously they have to be contributors to personal defense network. We've got a great bunch of people to select from there. And all of their tour courses have to be travel courses. So in other words, the tour classes are the ones where we bring the training to you. You don't have to come to our range or our hometown. Um, we travel the world and, I, and I've, I've been up to Alaska. Uh, this year I was down in Mexico. Uh, of course, we do a lot of training in Europe, um, but it generally doesn't happen during the tour season. So I'm getting ready to head back over there this fall. Uh, the tour season is the, the spring and the summer. And uh, again, we, we end this week. So it's been a great tour. Um, obviously, we, people can see if you're watching on the Facebook uh, that uh, I've got the T-shirt on with our sponsors. People can learn more about the tour and the companies that support it and the instructors that are part of it at pdntrainingtour.com. Well, we're always happy to have you on, Rob, because you've got uh, a lot of great insight. You also, of course, ice training is another thing. You're part of a, a company. You started a, a company that at one point were developing handguns. You're working yep. with Michael Sodini over there at Walk the Talk America, trying to, uh, you know, to bring awareness to the mental health issues that affect uh, Americans, and especially in regards to gun ownership and things like that. And uh, and I just I know you got a lot of things on your plate uh, these days. So uh, what's uh, what's going to be your primary focus now that the tour is over? What are you what are you looking to to do? Are you take some time off or you what do you what's going on not, not really I'm, i am i'm gonna spend this weekend uh with my daughter and uh, my girlfriend here in uh, denver so i'll be here for for a few days uh but right away i jump back out next week i'm going to wisconsin back to uscca headquarters um one of the projects that's been really big over the last few years is that i wrote the live fire defensive shooting curriculum for the united states concealed carry association so we've got hundreds of instructors certified to teach the defensive shooting fundamentals. Um, we have a level one, level two. Um, so we've got some things going on there where we're, you know, that program is, was launched four years ago. Uh, so we're now uh, evolving that and sort of taking in the feedback we've gotten from the instructor team and uh, maybe making some tweaks and improvements that'll launch next year. But while I'm in Wisconsin, you know, you mentioned Walk to Talk America. I'm also going to be doing some videos uh, in collaboration with uh, Mike Sedini will be out there, Jake Wiskirchen, another board member um, from the mental health side with Walk Talk America. We're going to be doing some videos to educate the USCCA membership, um, anybody who visits their site and watches their great content about proactive mental health strategies and some of the things that we can do to reduce the likelihood of negative outcomes uh, at that, what we call the intersection of guns and mental health. And it really right. is an issue. You know, the gun community lost uh, a friend, a, a content creator, uh, just within the last week. And I don't know a lot of the details, but but I am hearing uh, that, it, that it, it was a suicide. And that that is something that is just tragic. You know, I don't know anybody in the gun community who doesn't uh, have, at least within a couple arms reach, uh, a suicide story, um, whether it's a friend or someone they knew at the range or someone, uh, you know, from the military and law enforcement, the first responder side, especially. So there's uh, there's a lot of work to be done there. And Mike Sedini uh, started WTTA in 2018. In fact, we just I just saw on a Facebook memory, saw the fourth anniversary of the first time he spoke about uh, WTTA publicly which uh, at an event here in Denver. Uh, people can learn more about it at WTTA.org. And one of the newest programs affiliated with Walk Talk America is the Gun Pro Pledge, uh, the Pledge of Responsible Ownership. So people can learn about that at gunpropledge.org. And it's a great way to, to voluntarily, um, and just between you and some friends, 
basically agree to, to do the things we all need to do and support each other in doing it, not only when it comes to proactive mental health, but also just getting education and the responsible and safe use of firearms and, of course, storing and staging our firearms to prevent unauthorized access. Um, all things that, that really do tie together under that banner of responsibility. Yeah, it's been a tough week for the gun community um, with some of these things. And, uh, and of course, as you mentioned, uh, I personally have seen uh, – uh, you know, how this mental health issue can affect us uh, uh, personally in the last uh, few weeks as well. So you're right. A lot of people are affected by this. And, we, you know, we often talk about this, Rob, where something happens, uh, you know, some mass shooting or something like that. And, of course, the folks on the left seem to be able, the first ones to jump on the gun. And then those on the right are go, oh, no, it's all mental health. It's all there's a conjunction here. There's a confluence here where we need to come together and look at how these things intertwine. Um, but we need to be under standing about it and not just try and throw people under the bus from either side at this point. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I was on a, and people can go to my, uh, my YouTube channel. Uh, I'm on, I'm on one of my YouTube uh, suspensions right now. I think it comes off next week. So I'll put new content up soon, but the, uh, they, they keep going back and finding, you know, we, I've talked with you about gun making, uh, 3d printing, all that stuff. They keep going back and deciding to move that bar uh, so I just got tagged for something that was out for 16, 18 months. Uh, but at my YouTube, people can see an interview that I did with the uh, the organization Newsy uh, the day of the Evalde shootings. Um, they asked me to come on and, and speak a little bit about uh, the, the firearms rights and, and gun responsible gun ownership perspective um, as applied to the tragedy of that day. And it was interesting. I, I got uh, to the point where we were, we were talking about the things that the gun community does to prevent negative outcomes. And the anchor interrupted me. Um, at the point of mental health, talking about Walk Talk America, and said, well, I know a lot of people want to to just talk about mental health as a distraction. And, it, you know, I, I get it. Like, it was an emotional day. He probably spent four or five hours just, you know, talking about dead kids. And maybe there were some people that came on his show and tried to throw mental health out as a distraction. Um, but that's certainly not something that we do at, at WTTA. It's something we take uh, very, very seriously. You know, I actually, it's funny, this morning, um, I was up early getting ready for uh, to join you on the show this morning, and I was kind of surfing around, checking on my email, you know, just all the kind of busy work. Like I said, I just got back from a week of training and my last classes for the PDN tour, and I got a notice from my mental, uh, sorry, from my uh, healthcare, from my, my health insurance, about changes in the plan for 2023. And one of the changes that really jumped out at me is that we, I now have a mental health wellness exam covered by my health insurance. And this is something that I've complained about for years. You know, I, I we can get proactive health care for dental cleaning, right? I can get a colonoscopy. Right. I can get all kinds of, well, women can get mammogram, you know, that uh, we can do all these things to check for all the problems that we know exist. And we know that there are tragic outcomes if we don't do cancer screenings. And we know that there's all kinds of health issues if you don't get, you know, dental cleaning and dental uh, checkups every once in a while. But what about our mental health? Well, now we're seeing more and more funding and more and more private health insurance also covering mental health issues. So, so I was excited about that just because that's a huge step uh, for a big company that, that I, you know, subscribe to as an independently employed person. You know, I have to go find my own healthcare and I use a major company and this major company is now offering proactive mental health care. That is awesome. I'm probably going to make a post on that later today. So people should look for the resources, whether they're free resources or it's just talking to a friend, uh, you know, so many times when, when we lose someone we know or we talk to people who've lost people they know that have taken their own life, 
Uh, it, it's, I wish they would have called, you know, I wish yeah. I would have known about that problem. Absolutely. Uh, we, you know, we could have worked with him to overcome that. And, uh, and that's a big deal. Yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely, uh, I definitely feel you on that. I, 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 again, recently had to, to deal with this myself and, you know, looking back and going, could I should, could I, uh, you know, could I have said something? Could I have made that one more phone call to check in? Could I have done, you know, one more thing to prevent something like this? And you'll never know. Uh, so it's always a tough thing, but I'm glad to see that WTTA and other organizations, but especially WTTA is going out there and, uh, uh, and yeah, working on that. I'll actually be speaking at Gun Rights Policy Conference, as, as I have most years for the last uh, almost a decade now, I think. I'll be speaking at the end of the month down in Texas about proactive mental health care strategies, uh, negative outcome uh, reduction and avoidance, and specifically what we're doing uh, with several of the programs at Walk Talk America. So that will obviously be available and broadcast live as well. Good, good. Uh, we're coming up on the break here, Rob. I want to uh, take a quick break and come back. But when we get back, I want to talk a little bit here about the uh, <clears throat> the, the shenanigans in the state of New York, after the Bruin decision, you and I haven't had a chance to talk about the Bruin decision since it came down, and uh, and I think uh, we're seeing now some serious pushback, uh, Firearms Policy Coalition and Second Amendment Foundation and more. So we'll pick that up here uh, in just a second. Hold the line with us. Rob uh, Pincus is our guest from the PDN Tour, ICE Professional Training, uh, 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 Walk the Talk America. Again, many, many hats for no hat, Rob. We're going to continue with more here in just a moment. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after this. Your mental suppository. The Michael Duke Show. All right, we're in the break right now with Rob Pincus uh, <clears throat> getting all squared away. It's all in a whole new world, right, Rob? I mean, we're doing video now. We're doing all this other kind of stuff. I mean, the technology—it's like it. amazing. It's exciting because I, I get to, I can I can show off the, uh, oh, man. the latest generation of the PD10. Oh man, check it out! Yeah. I'm loving like special it. Special for the people tuning in on the break. Yeah, that is amazing. Um, uh, yeah, so it's come a long way. Um, we really didn't do much for about three years. I don't know how much we've talked about it, but uh, we really got back at it. Uh, very, very high speed work being done right now. We brought on a new partner. Um, and we're now moving the company, uh, which was based in Florida, now up to North Carolina. And for six months, um, we now have, you know, through this partnership, basically our own manufacturing facility, which oh. we've always kind of going to this person for that and this person for that and this person for that and various hiccups and tolerances. And, you know, this person, my part would work if their part worked and well, their part isn't coded right. And this, <laughs> so we've, we've consolidated everything under one roof and uh, it's been very exciting. So this is actually one of the first batch of guns that we had all of the parts, all of the metal parts on this gun, obviously the, the injection molding isn't done in that building, but all of the metal parts, with the exception of two pins, two roll pins and the springs were actually made in the building uh, that, that we have in uh, North yeah, Carolina. That's so awesome. it's, it's exciting to be able to shoot the gun uh, and know that what we're shooting is the actual part. Like it just came off that machine and it went through that process and then we got it in our hands and if we need to change it, we change it. So there's actually a, a batch of 20 frames uh, have, have just arrived from the injection 
molding people uh, from the plastic injection guys. We've just had 20 frames uh, show up with the latest iterations and we're going to get black parts. So people will see pictures on my social media in a couple weeks of uh, shooting a gun that looks like this, but the parts will all be black uh, because they will have their final treatments and coatings. Right. And then we're going to start endurance testing. So it's pretty exciting. Well, that is interesting. You know, the outsourcing is never an easy thing. Vertical integration is the way to be where you can control yeah. everything. That outsourcing has got to be a hot mess for sure. Uh, now, you're big into the 3D printing world. I know you and I have talked about that several times. And of course, uh, you've gone crazy. How much of that have you done iterations of your own pistol frame and things like that? Have you, have you have you worked out some of the kinks or come up with some new ideas through the 3D printing process to incorporate in the PD line? Well, it's it's interesting. There's a couple of yeses and and then then but not maybe in the way people would think. So so my CAD ability, like my you know design ability in the computer, is let's say rudimentary at best. So I'm not I'm not going to be doing anything. It's like final production uh, type stuff. But what I have been able to do is do um, what I would call rapid prototyping or rapid testing of uh, certain things. Like if I want to change the contour, if I want to explore, you know, changing the contour of a, of a trigger guard, that's something that's easy to do. The location of the safety index point, playing around with that, do we want it a little longer, a little narrower, a little taller, um, a little bit more pronounced maybe, you know, where you're going to put your index finger when you're doing anything other than shooting. Um, so there have been some little things I've played around with. One of the projects I got into in 2020 uh, was the idea that maybe actually it was like it was early 2021 because we were stalled on on development on this gun and I wanted the input from the 3D printing community. I actually worked with some guys. What we did was we took the basically the lower half of a PD 10 uh, so that we had the grip angle and the, the trigger position and all that stuff, the contours, but we set it up so that it would accept Glock 48 parts and slide. So we were able to have something to actually put together and shoot because I wasn't able to get new parts made during that time for the uh, PD-10 purely, right. but actually get more feedback on the angle and get some people excited in the 3D printing community. You know, one of the things that I've said um, is that we really need to involve more of the, the industry, the establishment of the industry in the private sector gun building stuff. And, and uh, you know, that's been hard. Uh, but the, you know, the rule changes last month, of course, have disrupted the kit building world. Uh, 3D printing wasn't touched by the new rules, but there's still a, a lot of uh, standoffishness, I guess, between the mainstream gun industry manufacturers and, and even the, some of the retailers uh, and the gun building community. It was, it's, it's unfortunate, but even companies like Brownells, you know, were really, were really were built around kind of like home gunsmithing and, and encouraging shops to provide gunsmithing services. Uh, that they're now uh, not selling the kits. They're really not supporting the gun building community like they were a few years ago. So it's, right. been, it's been a frustrating year for the gun building community. Well, I can understand. It's like they're walking on eggshells and pins and needles because yeah. at any moment the ATF, I mean, we saw the the knock, the, the, the straw purchase checks and all these other things the ATF's been doing in the on the arm brace checks and and uh, and everything else. So, I mean, it's not it's it's not surprising that com companies are afraid of the federal government. That's not surprising yeah, at all. Was, and it's not just the federal government. It's also the the shippers, right? Remember that that right. uh, we had the big blow up with UPS in August, and uh, you know Brownells again. I'm not, not to pick on them. They're just, they're the biggest name, and people know what they're doing. And kind of watch them. They put up a Facebook post about the uh, social media post about the issue with UPS. And then hours later it was taken down. And then within a day or two, they were on the other side of it and they had their shipping restored 
Um, but we also notice that they're not selling the polymer 80 uh, frame precursors or things like that. So, right. so there's a, a assumption has to be, they said, okay, we, we won't get involved in that. Right. We need to keep shooting with you. Rob Pink is our guest, The Michael Duke Show. Let's jump back into it. Please like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. Subscribe on YouTube. Let's do it. All right, we're continuing with Rob Pincus right now for the Personal Defense Network and uh, Ice Training and uh, Walk the Talk and so many different other organizations. A true gun guy who lives the Second Amendment on a daily basis. We appreciate him coming on board and joining us. We were just talking about the dust-up uh, over the uh, uh, the Polymer 80 kits and the changes and, and how 3D printing. The one thing I wanted to say, we didn't get a chance before we came back, though, Rob, was, you know, they can try all these crackdowns. They could try all these other things. But, you know, the, the toothpaste is out of the tube. I mean, you can't stop the signal, right? I mean, people are going to do what they're going to do. 3D printing is out there in the world. That technology has made leaps and down. In just the last five years, that technology has made leaps and bounds. Um, people are going to be making their own firearms, as they have for many, many years, but now in a whole different way with 3D printing and technology and everything else. And I, I don't think that cat's out of the bag. I don't think you can go back. Uh, once people have tasted that amount of freedom, I don't think it's going to be easy to go back. And not only the 3D printing, but also, you know, the, the, we always talk about how 80% is a made-up term, right, when it comes to the precursors that you can finish, whether right. they're metal or plastic. Right. Well, now there's – the new term is 0% because with, with 3D printing and with, with, like, the ghost gunner machines where you have at-home tabletop CNC machines – where you can actually make the metal parts with electrochemical machining, where you can actually rifle a barrel, uh, you know, with just chemical processes, electrical chemical processes without needing a, a $60,000 machine and a, and a machine shop to do it. We can make guns at home in a way that really hasn't been possible using, uh, you know, $500 to $5,000 worth of equipment. You can be building some really amazing things and with, without all that much formal training, you know, I'm not, as I said, you know, during the break, I'm not an engineer. I'm not, uh, you know, a CAD programmer or any of that. Uh, but I'm able to do the rudimentary stuff to actually change guns, change grip angles, put my initials on them, change, you know, whatever. It's just, it's fun. Um, gun building is a great hobby. Uh, obviously, there is the uh, practical value of being able to make your own gun under circumstances where you, you can't get one otherwise. And maybe even the practical value that people don't understand is that you're learning more about the gun. You're becoming a better gun owner, a more responsible gun owner, a more educated gun owner by really getting into the physics and the engineering of what's happening inside of it, even if you're just putting a kit gun together. Right, exactly. I mean, you you really, you care about it. It's like the the guy who built his pickup truck versus the guy who went down and bought it. And, you know, he built a custom one because he cares about every nut and bolt that went into it. He knows it inside and out, and he is an expert. You become an expert as you do those kind of things, and that's, uh, that's the good stuff. Uh, Rob, I wanted to talk about New York State. Uh, you and I haven't gotten a chance to discuss Bruin since it came down. Um, I mean, that was a that was a, a, just a tremendous victory for the Second Amendment, in my opinion. Uh, it's uh, it's been uh, we've been waiting a long time since Heller. Uh, this was the one that was kind of hanging in the wind. Now they've come down on Bruin, and then we watched the state of New York and, and the state of California as well. But New York was the one that got it implemented. Just basically decide to give the finger to the Supreme Court and to the rest of the people by creating a hodgepodge of. Uh, 
various rules, laws, regulations, sensitive areas and sensitive zones, making it practically impossible, even if you can get now that you can get the permit, practically impossible to carry uh, around the, the, the state of New York without becoming a felon almost instantly. And uh, that now has been facing some court challenges. Give me your thoughts here. It is, you know, it is uh, incremental, right? We've lost our rights incrementally and we regain our rights incrementally. And, and some states are, are harder to do that than others. I was just teaching in Massachusetts. You know, Massachusetts is a state that um, has a, a very high level of restriction, but also a very high level of participation in not only exercising the freedoms of the Second Amendment, but just enjoying gun ownership in general, whether it's sport shooting, competitive shooting, just recreational gun collecting. Obviously, there's a rich history of firearms in New England, and that all extends to upstate New York, I think, in almost every way. But we know that, you know, Albany and obviously New York City itself are going to have a lot of say over what the whole state has to do. And, and California has had this situation, very similar situation for a long time. Uh, what happens in these states is we wait for a federal decision, wait for Supreme Court. Supreme Court comes in and says this, and, and Heller certainly was a big milestone. McDonald was a big milestone, and, and a lot of people don't remember that one as much. And then the, obviously, Bruin, I think, is going to go down as, as one of the other most important cases in, in the modern interpretation and modern application of the Second Amendment uh, versus this state's rights issue. So when the federal court comes in and says, this is, this is your bar. Well, then, of course, just like in the gun building world, talk about gun building, or just like the gun building world has adapted to the new rules the ATF put out in August uh, to try to, you know, make it harder to buy uh, kits and things like that. Well, now the gun grabbers, the anti-gunners, those who want to control people and, and aren't are afraid of freedom, they're going to start manipulating the rules around the Supreme Court decision. So when you look at Bruin, I, I don't know how the the stand the test, right, this historical context test. I don't know how that's going to stand up long term, but the, the important part of Bruin really is this idea of shall issue versus may issue, right? If you go back to the late 80s, we, we still had over a dozen states where you could not carry a gun concealed for defensive purposes under any circumstances. There was no legal way to do it. And then we had the, the shall issue revolution that sort of uh, swept across most of the country, but not all of the country. And we ended up with a concealed carry law mishmash patchwork all over the country where at least by the time we got to McDonald, every state had to offer a permit. Now you historically had states like New Jersey and New York, which said, yeah, sure, we offer permits. You just can't get one. Hawaii, we offer permits, but you can't get one. Um, Illinois, of course, the case where McDonald was, they were a uh, state that didn't have any permit opportunity. Right. They went to a shall issue. They jumped right past May issue. Um, and that became really important. So they said, uh, we've seen this standard set and we've seen everybody on the anti-gunner side, every time there's movement say, oh no, there's going to be, you know, blood in the streets. It's going to be chaos. It's going to be the okay corral, you know, all this gunfighter stuff. It never happens. The vast majority of firearms are owned responsibly and used responsibly. The vast majority of gun owners do what they're supposed to do in terms of getting training and being smart about the way they use their gun. And we've gone from 2 million people in the late 80s, uh, under 2 million people who could legally carry a gun for defensive purposes with a permit or in Vermont, the only constitutional permitless carry state at the time, to what we now have is almost 60 million people in America can legally carry a gun concealed in the public space. And we don't see daily misuse. We don't see daily abuse. We don't see tragedies. We don't see the streets running you know, with blood. We see 
people defending themselves from criminals, and we see the vast majority of gun owners being responsible in terms of controlling access and when they choose to carry the gun. So by demonstrating responsibility, we've made this huge leap over the last three decades to where now half of our states don't even require a permit. Right. So you got half the states don't require a permit. The Supreme Court shows up and says, hey, New York, New Jersey, knock it off. Parts of California, because California has sort of been a patchwork of counties, how they handle permit distribution or, or whether you can get a permit or not. They've said, knock it off. You can't ask someone to justify exercising a civil right. You've got to issue the permits unless the person's a prohibited person for some demonstrated reason that you can identify. They shouldn't have a gun because of this. We'll fight that fight later, what that means in terms of infringement, right? Uh, but right now, of course, New York's going to step up. California tried and they were told, no, it didn't work. It, it did not pass, right? The people pushed back against it. New York they have put these restrictions in place. They will be challenged, and I believe they will fall. But in a lot of ways, we have to go back to the mid-90s and remember that some states, even with the shall issue movement that swept across the country, still had a lot of restrictions that have gone away over right. the years. The kinds of restrictions like if alcohol is sold on the premises, you can't carry a gun. Right. Um, public parks is a, is a popular one that kind of went away. Right. Gathering places went away. And, and, and I think these should be private property decisions. I really don't think the government should be telling us what we can do in terms of I own a bar. If I want to say no guns, it should be up to me. If right. I own a, a, a theater and I want to say no guns, that should be up to me. And then the customers can decide whether they want to be patrons or not. Right. Um, one of the things that's happening in New York right now, I'm seeing a lot of people get rid of these dust-ups because a company won't put the the sign, right, that says we welcome guns. We want, you know, right. responsible owners here. Um, 2AO.org, which, I, you know, I serve uh, at 2AO.org as the executive vice president of that organization. It was actually started uh, many, many, many years ago. The um, re reason it was started was to, to provide a network for businesses that wanted to allow responsible firearms carriers to come into their businesses actually in Northern Virginia. And this was during the time when, um, after uh, Sandy Hook, when, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings and some of these other companies were saying, you know, no guns allowed across the, the whole country. Other businesses, mostly local businesses, wanted to say, well, we welcome responsible right. gun owners. And uh, putting that sticker in the window is something that we should be doing in the private sector, not because the government's telling us to. I, and I agree. And I think your point is well taken to show that we have now shown a track record as lawful law-abiding citizens. And in fact, statistics show that concealed carry holders are less likely to commit crimes than police officers. I mean, statistically, that I mean, that when you look at the statistics, we commit crimes at a, at a lower rate than actually than regular police officers, let alone the general public. So, yeah, I think we've proven the point to show that we can do it and we can do it well. Um, I'm hoping that the Bruin decisions, I got less than two minutes here, but I think the Bruin decision is going to prove a boon, is going to prove a boon to, uh, to gun owners. And I think that this firearms policy coalition and SAF lawsuit is going to be, I, I think this is going to, I think this is going to move it in the right direction. Your thoughts quickly. For sure. Those organizations are doing the, the best work in the courts. Um, SAF has been doing it for a long time. Uh, Firearms Policy Coalition has really joined them the last few years of fighting the, 
the best fights in the courts and getting the wins. Obviously, GOA, NRA, a lot of people end up attaching themselves to those cases. But I really see FPC and SAF initiating them and uh, getting them rolling so that they can really help move the the, the ball downrange. And, and the Bruin decision is a perfect example. Yep, you know, and I and I, I predicted this, and I predicted it was coming. I mean, even the federal judge who has denied the standing of the guy in the case said these are pretty much unconstitutional on their face. So I think this is a slam dunk. We're just going to have to wait for it to go through the court systems and see where it comes out. Uh, Rob Pincus, uh, folks, where do we? What are you doing? Where do we find you? What are you doing? next where do we go uh gun rights policy conference um, down in texas i'll be speaking there uh, people can learn about that through saf and of course people can learn more about my positions and 2ao's positions at gunrights.info gunrights.info it's rob pincus with the pdn network uh and all the other organizations he just listed out my god do you ever sleep i mean that's the question do you ever sleep I slept on the plane yesterday you slept on the plane yesterday <laughs> yesterday was the last easy day that's right um all right rob pincus thank you so much my friend appreciate you coming on board Yes, sir. All right, hold on. Hold on a second. Folks, we're out of time for this hour. We got more coming up. Hour two dead ahead, the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Phone lines are going to open up next hour. And of course, Willie Waffle. It's all dead ahead. Be kind, love one another, live well. We'll see you then. Rob, I just wanted to give you one final bite at the apple in case there's anything we missed, anything you wanted to hit on real quick. Just a couple minutes there, just in case you wanted to sound off. Appreciate it, man. Two things. Uh, One, Alaska. I met a guy named Jason Kalander from Alaska who came up with a product for uh, holding a tourniquet on the gun, an M-lock attachment, so that if you have a a rifle stage for defense and you're just going to reach and grab it, you don't wear the kit. You don't like I wear the ankle kit and all that kind of stuff for the medical stuff. But this gives me an opportunity as someone who's staging a gun for home defense to just grab that rifle. It's actually in my truck vault in the truck in the garage. Right. <laughs> I show it. I wasn't thinking about it. But the Alaska connection for your for your Alaska people, it's a very cool company. Retin, R-E-T-T-E-N-1. And I think Jason's going to have some other cool things coming out. We were at a ballistic summit um, down in New Mexico last week together. And I put, put out some video people can see in my social media. And then the other thing I want to do is I got to I got to brag a little bit. Uh, last year at the Ballistic Summit, I set uh, the goal of, of getting myself and a rifle tuned up to uh, one mile standard. And uh, I got my hands on this Nemo 300 Win Mag uh, during the winter. Been to a couple classes. You know, I still take classes, obviously as a student as well. Um, with Wyoming Tactical and with Green Line Tactical, took a couple of precision rifle courses. And uh, with, with the help of and some good coaching from uh, Jim Gilliland and Jason Croteau uh, and some other guys at the Ballistic Summit, I was able to repeatedly hit a target, uh, 36 by 36 target, out at over 2,000 yards with that gun. And it's just been so much fun wow. getting, kind of getting back into the, uh, the, the precision rifle world. Right. And, and I would if there's anybody watching that, that – Maybe, maybe it's for you, it's sporting clays. Maybe it's cowboy action shooting. Maybe it's something other than the training and the practice that we do with the defensive guns, which obviously is incredibly important. Um, if there's some kind of fun thing that you enjoy about shooting and maybe you've gotten away from it, run out there and get back into it. Because I, I, I made the time uh, over last year, you know, that was one of my hats was Rob the precision rifle student guy uh, for the, the last year. And it's been a lot of fun. So I, I was, I was excited about that. People can see some of the pictures and videos from the ballistic summit. Uh, but, but it's, I, I would, I use that now and I've talked about it a lot over the last week with a bunch of students. Just remember that guns are fun too. 
That's yeah. okay. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I see that the one, one of the ballistic challenges was, uh, it was pistols at, uh, what was it? How, how far was it? <laughs> yeah. For, for fun, uh, every year at the ballistic summit, everybody basically, we, so what happens is you throw $20 in the pot, you take five shots at the, the infamous white Buffalo at the Whittingham center, which is a 10 foot by six foot steel target that looks like a Buffalo but it's 1,100 and something yards away, 1,120 something yards away. So, you know, with a pistol, you're, you're like 60 degrees in the air, but, but there's a clearing so you can see where the rounds are landing. Of course, you know, you've got miles of, of back, backdrop there. So it's not unsafe, um, but it is a little bit of luck involved. And uh, if someone ever is to hit that buffalo with a pistol and we could, we could see the strike, uh, I guess they win the pot. But what actually happens is that becomes the tip for the the cleaning ladies at the uh, the housing that we stay at there. Oh wow, center. that's crazy! <laughs> I, so I tried. I tried with the PD ten. Um, I got within ten feet, according to my spotter, but uh, did not hit the buffalo. Yeah, I mean that was that target was far, and I'm like, with pistols? Are you guys kidding me? I mean, maybe yeah. with a Thompson contender or something shooting, uh, you know, forty five seventy. I had I had to, I had to intervene this year because last year someone you know came out with the braced pistol. And I thought, come on now, that's not the spirit of the game. You right, know, it's right. funny to see the comments, the XP 100s and the Thompson <laughs> series, and it's like, no, our carry guns. That's what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> well, man, that would be a killer shot. I'd love to see it someday. Well, Rob, thank you so much, my friend. As always, it's good to talk with you. Keep me in your thoughts. Uh, if you need anything out here in Alaska, we're happy to help. And we love having you. I'm overdue for a visit. Yeah. We, 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 I'm overdue for a visit. It may, I may need to try to get up there uh, you know, next summer for a class. So let's let's really talk about that because I'd love to do it with, with you there and, and maybe some of your, your audience and, and uh, just have a good time with it. Yeah, and maybe and- we'll get my new my new buddy with the uh, the tourniquet ideas and some other stuff. I think it's time to do a class in Alaska again. I'm ready to do it. Thank you, Rob Pincus. Appreciate you coming on board, my friend. Uh, all right, folks, uh, that's uh, that's it uh, for Rob Pincus this morning. We're ready to uh, jump back into it here in just a moment. Uh, always fun to always fun to visit with Rob. The guy makes me feel like a piker, man. I I work a lot. And uh, he makes me feel like I'm a, just a sluggard because, wow, <laughs> guy wears a lot of hats. Uh, a lot of hats, you know. Um, let's see. Interesting stat, says Brian, just out of the blue. Interesting stat. There are 19 times more AR owners than are active military. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't know about you, but I kind of take comfort in that stat. I mean, personally, that's just what I'm saying. I just, I look a little, that's look a little bill. Um, in the last three years, gunner ownership grew by 1 million new owners. Oh, I think it's more than that. Um, in 2020 alone, they estimated that there was something like 4 million new gun owners. Um, because of the conditions of the pandemic and the social unrest and everything else that was going on, there was a tremendous spike in the number of new gun owners um, coming up into that. So, yeah, uh, it's uh, not not surprising at all uh, that that is uh, what came out of it. All right. I got to turn the phone lines on here. I don't want to blow your eardrums out. Well, usually this messes with my volume, um, but it didn't today. Awesome. So I'm turning on the phone line so that we can take some phone calls and uh, get things done. If you haven't, would you uh, like today's show? Uh, some of you have liked it and some of you have not. Uh, if you Would you like it and love it? Thumbs it up. Give it all the stuff that's good. We would appreciate that. And... Uh, 
and of course share and subscribe and do do all the YouTubey things and the Facebooky things that need to be done. Would you? That that'd help us out tremendously, and uh, we would love to. Uh, we'd love to love to have you be part of it. All right. Well, we got to jump back into it. Here we go. Uh, we're hour two uh, jumping in. Willie Waffle is uh, coming up, and more. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Let's get it done. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Duke Show. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Take my rifle, this is my gun. This is for the Firearms Friday. Yeah, baby. Firearms Friday. Good Friday morning to you. Good morning, Alaskans. It's Friday. Stand by for Friday. Firearms. <laughs> For you Paul Harvey fans out there. Oof, man. Good stuff. Um, hello, my friends, and welcome to the program. It is uh, Firearms Friday, hour two of the big radio show. Uh, this is where we dedicate, you know, uh, almost two hours uh, every week to the Second Amendment, to gun rights, to, uh, to education, to history, to... Uh, I don't know, fanboying about guns and uh, and gun rights and everything else. I, you know, whatever you want to say. Uh, this is uh, this is the chance to do it. This show basically grew out of a desire to demystify the firearm for many of you, um, because I think that there's a lot of people out there who, uh, you know, are <clears throat> not necessarily anti-gun, not necessarily pro-gun, but are you know, gun curious, and uh, and we're here to help with that curiosity, to answer the questions, to try and give you some straight dope, so to speak, and uh, it's uh, it's good stuff. Um, in this hour, uh, we just finished up with Rob Pincus from the Personal Defense Network, and that was a fun, fun discussion. And uh, so, in this hour, we're going to uh, pick it up with you guys. Uh, I've got some more gun headlines that uh, I want to uh, go over and we'll talk about. But, uh, I mean, I think now is the time to uh, open up the phone lines and see what you guys have to say. Uh, So give us a call at 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. 
888-900-3150. If you would like to uh, sound off and, uh, and, you know, at chat, talk about guns, talk about your thoughts, whether you agree or disagree. If you disagree with my positions on firearms, I'd love to hear from you as well. Um, you know, we'll have a respectful, thought-provoking conversation, uh, an argument, uh, so to speak, but a polite argument. That's what I'm about. I'm not about the the shouting and the ad hominem. I'm, you know, uh, I'm. I want to hear what you guys have to say. As I've said many times, Firearms Friday is not a show that has uh, that is specifically built for you know for gun people. It really is not. It's really focused not on the people who are already part of the gun culture, but and not really even towards people who are anti-gun. Uh, the show is really targeted towards people who are kind of in the middle and have questions and maybe you're too afraid to ask those questions of other people. Maybe they're too embarrassed by their lack of knowledge or whatever. Well, there's no judgment here. And 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 gun Q&A gives us the chance to talk about those things. I've, I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. There is no such thing as a dumb gun question. No such thing as a dumb gun question. And so feel free to... Uh, Feel free to uh, give us a ring and uh, chat about the things that you want to talk about. All the lines are open uh, this morning, and so you can call in from wherever you are. If you're here in the state of Alaska or if you're listening online from outside or wherever, uh, we'd love to hear from you. 907-433-3150. That's the number to call this morning to get things uh, squared away. Well, you know, we keep thinking that she's gone. We keep thinking that we finally defeated her and we don't have to deal with it, but it's not necessarily the truth. Hillary Clinton is back. Yep, that's right. She's back. Hillary Clinton, once uh, nearly, once nearly president of the United States, um, she is back. And uh, she has now got her own bully pulpit. The former first lady, uh, former senator, former secretary of state, has <laughs> got a new television show on Apple TV called Gutsy. And uh, she ha- has lived up to our expectations on what she thinks of us ag- average Amer- Remember, we're all just deplorables, right? I mean, that's the thing. We're all just deployables, bitterly clinging to our guns and religion and all the other kind of stuff that's going on. Um, but she had something to say in the first episode of the show Gutsy on Apple TV. Variety quoted Clinton's comments in which she said, in part, Gun violence in our country is out of control, and it's killing our kids. It's outrageous when we let this happen, that there are people who worship guns more than they worship life. Uh, To which I was like, what? I mean, there's just so many assertions that that go on here, but uh, Tom Knightenton over at Bearing Arms makes some valid points about this that I wanted to share that I think are just amazing. He's like, you know, first of all, you know, you'd have to, her whole point is predicated on a lie. Uh, You know, he says, you see, for her comment to be accurate, it would mean that everyone on this side of the debate, the gun, the gun side of the debate, uh, would have to actually agree with her that gun control works. 
that we're just not interested in passing it for whatever reason because we love guns. That we we believe it works. We just but again, when most people oppose gun control on the grounds of personal freedom, it's easy to think that that's what the the thing is. When we are talking about freedom, which is kind of an amorphous thing, and they're like it's for the children, then it's understandable why they may come across uh, about like that. But that's that's not what I think most of us on the on the pro gun side understand that gun laws just have not worked. They don't work. They continue not to work. And I mean, again, verifiably proven that some of these things don't work. And we know that most studies saying gun control works are are just are absolute bunk. Criminals be criminals, right? Criminals be criminals. And whether it was the National Firearms Act passed back in 1934 in response to the St. Valentine's Day massacre, um, or the Gun Control Act of 1968, um, homicide rates, by the way, after the Gun Control Act passed, absolutely skyrocketed and then remained high into the 90s when concealed carry started gaining traction at the state level and you saw homicide rates start to drop. And in fact, they continued to drop all the way into the 2017-2018 timeframe uh, and then spiked again here recently um, at with COVID and everything else. But I mean, this is... You know, you have to believe that gun control works. You have to believe that it works for this comment to be true, that somehow we believe that worshiping guns, that the worshiping guns more than they worshiping life is part of it. To which I then say to Hillary Clinton, what does it matter? Just I just thought I'd throw that out there, Hillary. What does it what difference does it make? What difference does it make? And of course, the biggest problem is, is that, you know, because criminals are going to get guns and we know that because criminals, we know criminals are going to get guns, but gun control then disarms the average, honest, law-abiding citizen. Note that I said law-abiding and not criminals, that the average law-abiding citizen has then been disarmed and unable to protect themselves. But as a recent study pointed out, and I've talked about this this uh, for a long time, DGUs, this defensive gun use, the National Firearms Survey conducted in 2021 shows that uh, defensive gun use is a significant 1.6 million times guns were used in 2021 to protect a life. 1.6 million times. That's that's that far outshadows the homicide rate. You know, if you if you took all the gun deaths, including suicides, we're talking about what thirty six thousand something like that, thirty six, thirty seven thousand deaths in the United States, a country of three hundred and thirty million people. So, but if you take the suicides out, it's only like thirteen thousand, twelve, thirteen thousand deaths, the homicides. But you had a gun that was used by a law-abiding citizen 1.6 million times. What would gun control do for you then? Oh, yeah. It would have disarmed all those people and it would have caused crime to go. Because they're law-abiding. Remember when I said law-abiding citizens and criminals, they just don't, it doesn't matter. So as I was talking about last week, it's this normalizing the fact that you're going to criminalize lawful behavior. 
That's the problem. Because you're not going after the criminals, you're going after law-abiding citizens because they're, you know, it's easy to quantify. You got 100,000 citizens and you know that at least 90,000 of them are law-abiding and you pass a law and you see, you know, like a registration law and you see that the affected 90% register, you're like, okay, something happened. Yes, something did happen. You just disarmed 90,000 Americans. But you can quantify it and you can show it. And the remaining 10% or 10,000 or whatever the magic number is of, uh, of people who just ignored the law, they're now outlaws and criminals. And, you know, criminals are going to do what criminals are going to do until you reach that tipping point that we've talked about where average law-abiding citizens look at the law and they say, well, that's just ridiculous, makes no sense, and I'm not going to follow it. I'm going to be quietly disobedient, civilly disobedient. In some cases, not so quietly, but in many cases, they just quietly be like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to live my life and do my thing. But this is what Hillary Clinton and the rest of the folks on the left just don't understand. Now, remember, these are people who are surrounded day in and day out by sycophants and armed gun-toting security guards because it's okay for them to be protected by guns. But it's not okay for you to be protected by guns. That's that's an insane thing right there. So, uh, anyway, I'd, I'm sure she's going to do fine with her television show on Apple TV because, you know, man, that's what people want to hear, right? They want to hear from Hillary. It'll be fantastic. Don't worry about it. All right, we got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return in just a moment. One more segment and then Willie Waffle on Firearms Friday. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, good morning. Uh, Welcome back. We're in the break. Um... Uh, sorry, I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at some of the stories that are going, uh, that are going on out there, uh, picking up some of the latest ones here. Uh, did that one, did that one. Uh, okay. Oh, here's a new one. I didn't see this one. Um, um, filed another, uh. Uh, oh, a new Heller lawsuit, a new Heller lawsuit from Dick Heller. Oof. Nice. Um, all right. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll talk about that. I I didn't even see that. I'm gonna have to try and read through this story here real quick as we go through it. Um, all right. Uh, let me go back over here to the chat room. Um, 
and see what you guys have to say. Guns are tools. Always have been. The one aspect that criminals is they don't follow the law. It's pretty much it's exactly what I've been saying for years. Um, um, imagine Hillary supports unlimited abortions. Talk about loving something more than life. Uh, you know, that's the thing. Um, that is that is the thing. I mean, it's something I've always had a hard time with. They keep crying about it's for the children. It's this. It's that. The other thing, and infringing on a on a on a. Uh, you know, constitutional right. And uh, yet it's okay to kill a baby. I'm, I still have a hard time wrapping me old brain around that kind of stuff. Um, Hillary Pelosi, Michelle, it's the new view says Bill. (laughs) Hillary Pelosi, Michelle, the new view. Yeah. Oof, man. Would that be a talk show that you'd watch? I, I probably not me. I probably would not be watching that, uh, to say the least, for sure. Um, all right. So, guys, I'm looking at it. Boy, there's blue sky. There's blue. There's blue sky, and I see a little tip of the sun rising into the tops of the trees. It might actually be a nice day today. Wow. I don't know what to do with myself. I mean, it's not raining. Um, so what are you guys doing this weekend? Anything exciting? Anything good? Oh, it was cool yesterday morning. And I decided now that I have to knuckle down and do my winter list, my preparing for winter list. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm all about. Yeah. The stars were out this morning and the, the, the moon and the stars were out this morning. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a UFO. It's been so long since I've seen anything in the night sky other than darkness. I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. There's actually stuff still up there. Actually, stuff still in the sky. Oh, all right. So, yeah, I got some I got some honeydew things to do this weekend. Um, I've been putting off a redo here in the studio. I got some new equipment here in the studio. Um, but I'm always very leery of taking everything apart. You know what I mean? I'm always very leery of taking things, uh, taking it apart because I'm, a, I'm afraid I won't put it back together correctly or it'll be like hours of troubleshooting to get it done. And I, you know, do the show from here every morning, but I mean, I've got this brand new widescreen monitor so that I have more room and I'll have these two monitors up here and they'll be, it'll look like Houston, it'll look like Rocket Central by the time I, it'll look like the inside of the space shuttle by the time I get done in here, but I'll have more stuff that I can do and it'll be great. But I've been putting that off for like five weeks now. (laughs) Just, I've got to, I've got to do something about it. So I don't know. Wish me luck. Pray for me. I'm going to have to tear the studio apart, put things back together, and I'm not looking forward to it. Um, but it'll be great once it's all it, once it's all there. It'll be great. Thumbs up. But oof, man, I got to tell you, not not looking forward to seeing how that thing's going to fly. Okay, uh, survey says that means get back to it, Dukes. You got things to do. Uh, let's jump back into it. Phone lines are open if you want to call in. Give us a shout. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio.
Hey there, hi there, ho there. Who are you calling up? Hey, what's going on? Uh, welcome to the program. One final segment for Fire Army goodness. That's Fire Army. It's Fire Army stuff. I'm going to talk about Fire Army stuff today, and we're going to please call in. It'll be fine. Fire Army stuff. Hi. It's been a long week, folks. Long week. I am ready for the weekend already. Only another 12 hours to go today of work before we're all sitting down. Uh, hey, phone lines are open right now. If you would like to sound off about anything firearm-related, I would love, 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 love to hear from you this morning. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Feel free to give us a ring, and we will uh, we'll, we'll chit-chat here this morning. Before we run out the clock and run out the daylight and get things all squared away, um, and uh, I look forward to I look forward to hearing from you here this morning. Meanwhile, a new story popped up this morning since we've been on the air, and uh, I hadn't seen it until just now. I refreshed the page, and I was looking at some stuff. And there's a new story coming out of D.C. There's a new Heller case that was filed on June the 30th, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, Dick Heller. Dick Heller is back at it again. Um, the Heller case, of course, confirmed the right to keep and bear arms um, and uh, allowed people to purchase guns in the uh, in the District of Columbia. And that was a big push. As Rob Pincus said, the Heller decision was one. The McDonald decision was another. And now I think the top three are going to be the, rounded out by the Bruin decision. Um, but there's a new Heller case, which we... I think has a happy ending, and I'm kind of excited about it. So we'll touch base on that here in a second. But first, let's uh, since the phone lines are open and I wanted to talk to you and I ask you to call, let's see what you guys have to say. We'll go over here and start off the conversation. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Alan from Anchor Point. Hello, Alan. Yeah, I just uh, Hillary asserts that we uh, revere guns more than we revere life, and I just like to assert that we revere guns because we revere life. Uh, you know, and that I, seems to be something they just can't wrap their narrow little minds around. Well, again, it's because of this idea that why should you feel unsafe? We live in a utopian society. There's no other crime other than you gun owners holding on to your guns, right? I mean, right, Alan? That's what's going on. Other than that, we <laughs> yeah, would, sure. Yeah, we wouldn't we wouldn't need any of this stuff. Well, and I, and I what I find interesting, Alan, is this: anytime you talk to somebody who's anti-gun, and 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 you know, people, especially the big names, the Clintons, and and uh, you know, the Talking Heads, and the Bloombergs, etc., you know, they always go on and on and on about. But the one thing that they never talk about is the DGU, the defensive gun uses. And when you have, uh, you know, first and foremost, 330 million people in the country, 13,000 homicides out of 330 million people. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but I realize that there's some decimal places down in there. That's like 0.0 something percent of the population, right? Each individual death is a tragedy. Don't get me wrong. But that's a pretty low turnout. And then you look at the defensive gun use. And the estimates range from on the low end, 90,000, to this most recent study, 1.2 or 1.6 million times a year, people are using guns to defend themselves. 
to me, that's like, that's the aha moment, but they never talk about that. Oh, exactly, because it doesn't fit their their narrative. Right. Yeah. No, it's 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 astonishing to me that that's uh, that that's what they focus on. But it's a good soundbite, you know. Like you said, you care about gun. You were no, the word was not revere, Alan. Let me correct you. I just realized that the word was worship. You worship the gun. Ah, yes. More than you worship life. It's like we're at night, we're at, we're worshiping at the altar at night, and we pat it, and we tamp it down, and we light a candle and some incense, <laughs> and we sit there, and we look at it. And yeah, I mean, it's the imagery that these people use is always pretty astounding to me. But that's the narrative, and that's what they're going to fight on. And of course, all we can do is try and educate ourselves on how to counter it with arguments about things like lawful defensive gun use and everything else. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's all I had, Mike. Thanks. Thanks Keep for up the good work. Appreciate it. Alan, thanks for listening uh, from down there uh, on the uh, peninsula. Appreciate it. Uh, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. I said, as I said earlier, if you disagree with me, um, feel free to uh, feel free to call up and let's talk about it. Let's talk about why you think that that one more law will fix it, that one more law is going to solve the problem. That's all it's going to take is just one. There's already 20,000-something regulations on the books regarding firearms, uh, you know, uh, in all the federal registers and everything, you know, 20,000 different things. But one more law, that's what's going to fix it. It's all it's going to take is just one more I mean, seriously, at this point, 907-433-3150. Okay, before I got the call from Alan, I was talking about this new Heller lawsuit. So Dick Heller um, of Heller versus DC fame from back in the day, on June 30th, filed another lawsuit with his sights set on magazine capacity limitations and how much ammunition a private citizen could carry on their person when bearing an arm in public. At uh, the time, the district capped the amount to 20 rounds, um, which is astonishing because, again, most modern combat pistols, most modern semi-automatics have a capacity of somewhere between 12 and 14 rounds, right? 12, 14, 15 rounds. So if you have one in the, if you have one magazine in your pistol and you're carrying a spare, you're automatically over the 20 round limit. Well, Heller shared some news recently that the matter is being settled and that he's able to mark up another hash in his win column. Um, I just I just get it. I love this. I love it. The regulation at issue in this case runs afoul of the Second Amendment because it lacks any historical justification, is arbitrary and capricious and unnecessarily impinges on the core right of self-protection. Moreover, to the extent any continuing validity exists of the interest balancing tests adopted by the D.C. Circuit in Heller versus District Columbia, and we suggest there is not, the regulation at issue herein is not justified by any articulated, compelling, or substantial government interests and lacks sufficient tailoring to achieve whatever government interest, if any, might exist to otherwise support it. This is the final, this is the original complaint. It's got to be so poetic for Heller to be able to cite Heller back to the District of Columbia. <laughs> That's just, 
Oh my God. It's so great. Um, I just absolutely love it. Uh, the district on September the 14th filed a notice of repeal pertaining to the regulations on the, uh, on the 20 round capacity ban. And, uh, it is, it is some awesome stuff. I cannot complain. All right. Let's go over to the uh, phones and see what you guys have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Jeff from Clam Gulch. Hello, Jeff. Good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning, Michael. I just wanted to uh, add one thing about the, the defensive gun use is great, and I, I'm all about it. But we have to remember that it's not just defense against criminals. We, the reason we have guns is to defend ourselves against our tyrannical government when the time comes. We got you know. Yeah, I mean, look. Just, I just wanted to add that to the program. Yeah, no. That's the reason we have them in the first place, right? Right. Well, we've talked about this, that the the Second Amendment is the implicit threat of an armed populace against uh, overreach and overarch of government. Uh, Jefferson talked Mm -hmm. about it. Madison talked about it. I mean, they all they all at one point or another talked about that the that the the only way that government would stay in check was that the people would need to be the be the arbiters of that and to do so yeah. they needed to be armed that was the whole point exactly so yeah. i just want i just wanted people to remember that part about it too all right jeff hey thanks for your call this morning i appreciate you calling in thank you you bet uh let's go over here one more call here good morning who's this where are you calling from oh good morning mike this is mike over here in fair up here in fairbanks um yeah, I just this is the definition of irony to me. They want to the Democrats want to confiscate with force twenty to thirty million AR fifteen style rifles and then send them to Ukraine so they can defend so the people there can defend themselves. And to me I just I, the irony is just killing me, Mike. Well, yeah, I don't know if it's irony or insanity, Mike. I'm not sure which one it is. But, yeah, disarming us and yet sending crates and crates and crates of arms and ammunitions and rocket launchers and everything to the citizens of Ukraine. Um, And, and of course, you saw what the Ukrainian government did themselves when that whole conflict broke out, is that they went around themselves and started handing out AKs like it was, uh, you know, like it was uh, candy canes uh, on Christmas, you know. Uh, and, uh, so, yeah, I think they made them, I think they made them cannon fodder to, to make people mad, you know, to, to, to further their cause of intervention in another country's, uh, battles, which we should not be over there. In my opinion, it's just, a, it's getting to be a mess. I think it's just a, a flanking maneuver to take the attention off of the Biden crime family. But for them to say that the Second Amendment is good for the Europeans, but not good for the Americans, to me, it's, man, I want to I fight. It makes me want to fight. I'm just so mad, I just can't hardly take it, Mike. Well, Mike, don't get too mad, my friend. We still have the Second Amendment. We're still the freest <laughs> nation on the face of the earth. we still got lots of good stuff, and we'll keep fighting the fight. I think we'll keep fighting the fight. And uh, I'm happy that you're listening and people are staying engaged. Thank you so much for calling in this morning. All right, folks, uh, we got to go here. Hour or two, about ready to wrap up. Willie Waffle up next. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. 
Okay, uh, in the break uh, right now um, with uh, with all of you, all of you. Um, <laughs> the ritual of the Church of Ballistics are a sacred secret. Yeah, I know, really. I mean, I love that whole idea of, oh, we worship the God. I mean, can you imagine? Um, I've got the altar and the incense and the candles and the my rifle laying right across it with my pistol below and pictures of guns all around the iconography the iconography of all the of all the you know things and and we just every night we just you know thank you thank you for keeping me safe thank you for <laughs> i mean i hate to mock it but i really don't hate to mock it i mean i just you know that just the verbiage that these people use is so inflammatory in so many ways, and nobody challenges on them, challenges them on it. Um, all right, uh, we got a call here. I got a call on hold, so we'll take the call here during the break anyway, because Willie's coming up here. So let's go over here and see who this is. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike. How you doing? It's Fred. How you been? Hey, good, Fred. What's on your mind, my friend? Uh, we got time. We got time to do it before Willie or uh, yeah, yeah. We got, I got I got about four minutes here, so give me your thoughts real quick. Well, thoughts are going to be on Hillary. You know, her uh, the high priest of the Pakarama there for the uh, you know for the for the woke left. You know, she's not one to talk about anything between her uh, her nonsense with the uh, Benghazi screw up. You know, holding the uh, holding the security forces back while the four uh, you know the ambassador and the four aides were killed. Murdered, I should say, and you know, and she, you know, she definitely gave him the green light to go there, with not allowing them to, uh, you know, any security right. protection for them. Or right on down through her uh, her sale of uh, you know uh, weapons grade uh, weapons grade plutonium, you know, uh, to the Russians, and then putting the money and then pocketing the money into the Hiller into the Clinton was it the Clinton Foundation, you know, and all that nonsense that went on, you know. So uh, and you know they definitely on you know she definitely they definitely on file with the international arms treaty you know they definitely want to sign on for the rest of well, the Europeans to dictate how who you know how how we should live and what we can have and what we can't have and you know just you know, giving a, you know basically just peddling away sovereignty you know our national sovereignty right and, uh, you know well not to mention traders yeah, be called out on it not to mention as secretary of state she oversaw one of the largest arms transfers to the state of mexico the nation of mexico um uh-huh. uh and uh, and of right. course she was all about the importation of those things and and they knew that a lot of those guns were being um excuse me stolen and misappropriated by military officials in Mexico and given off to the big gangs. They knew it was going on. And she had the wink and the nod on Project Fast and Furious as well. So, I mean, you know, yeah, this is the yep. gal that is just, yeah. You, know, you look at her mouth is moving and you go, whoop, nope, flip the channel. I can't believe she's got her own television show, quite honestly. But, you know, hey, what are you going to do? Well, I, you know, I, I think that it's somebody like somebody should call them out on that, either Newsmax or Fox or somebody should say, and just call them out that, you know, this is all, you know, they, their faults are greater than anybody, anybody else's, to be honest with you. I mean, they just, it's nothing more than going along with the, uh, going along with the anti-gun, the anti-gun conference, you know, that wants to just, you know, they're pushing the buttons with disarmament, you know, for gun control in this country. You know, it's not based on safety, it's based on ruining, destroying, and taking down the Second Amendment. Right. So they have all the power and we have, and, you know, anybody else has nothing. This is this is the end game, and they should be called out on it. 
and you should definitely go after the players because you go after the players, they're going to run like hell and go hide, and uh, you know they're all going to be they're all going to be uh, you know in a panic if, if that happens. But until that happens, it's just going to keep continuing. So right. I think it's time to definitely time to turn the rock over and see the uh, <laughs> see the creatures you know scurry 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 at the cover quickly. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for calling in this morning, uh, uh, Fred. It was good to hear from you. I was wondering where you were, and uh, you didn't disappoint. Thanks for calling in. All right. You have a good day, and I'll take care. All right. Thanks so much for being part of it today. All right. Well, that wraps up the phone lines for today. In fact, I'm going to uh, pull the plug here on the phone system and uh, get that all shut down. And uh, we're ready to uh, get into it here in just a second. Uh, Willie will be calling in any moment now. Constitution Yes is an information rally in Kenai, Paradiso Restaurant, Kenai, 6 p.m. Tuesday. Also at 6 p.m. Tuesday, there's going to be a convention, yes, um, here at the barn. It's called the barn. Um, I know I talked to Jake Livy the, uh, yesterday uh, from the Watchmen, and they're going to be putting it on at 6 p.m. here in the Valley. There's going to be a, a convention, yes, rally. So... Yeah, go uh, go check it out uh, here in the uh, here in the valley or down in the Kenai on Tuesday, 6 p.m. Paradiso Restaurant in the Kenai and up here at the Barn, which is apparently a big venue for weddings and stuff like that. Uh, 6 p.m. <clears throat> Tuesday night here in the valley as well. Um, oh, hey, look at that! Phone's ringing uh, and the ding happened. So let's get back to it. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and share, like and follow. Let's do this. All right, welcome back to the program. Let's continue on now and finish up this Friday madness. I'm ready for the day to be over. I want the weekend to start right now, but unfortunately, it can't happen. I guess I'll give you a taste of the weekend. The taste of the weekend with Willie Waffle. That sounds like a soft drink. Taste of the weekend. Um, I don't know if that smells like sweaty socks and old booze or what, but it's the weekend. Hey, buddy, what's happening? Taste of the weekend is sleeping in late and... uh trying to figure out uh, how you can turn off your alarm at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm with you on that. I mean, taste of the weekend for me is like avocados on toast and hot black coffee. And that would be like the perfect, that'd be like the perfect drink. I don't know what, what else you could ask for. Uh, yeah. And you know, I know people make fun of the avocado toast, but you know, that, that, that stuff is tasty. Oh man. man. Avocado oh. on toast with a, you know, real nice buttery 12 grain wheat bread with a, oh, avocado, yeah. with a large flake salt on the top of it, or maybe even some of that everything bagel seasoning. Everything bagel seasoning. Oh. That's what does it. That's oh, what man. does it. So good. Either one of those <laughs> that is avocados are so expensive though. They're like two bucks a piece now or so it's anyway, sorry. Uh, inflation, <laughs> inflation's hitting us everywhere. Uh, uh, all right, my friend, uh, let's talk uh, a little bit about the entertainment news. So where do we want to start? How about Squid Games? Squid Games, now, I'll, a full full admission here, I know I always chastise you for never watching the things that I recommend. I actually got halfway through Squid Games, and I don't remember what happened, but something came up, and I never picked it back up. And so I, I know it's a big phenomenon. I know it was the biggest thing on Netflix, but... Now it's made more history. 
Oh yeah, no, this is massive. I mean, there's even going to be a, another Squid Game series uh, coming out. Gosh, I want to say next year. Uh, you know, because the first one was just such a massive, massive hit. I mean, it is it is the largest um, thing that's ever hit Netflix. It has been watched by with more hours than anything else. I mean, it is it is their number one uh, premiere program, and uh, you know it's it's scored a lot of uh, critical acclaim, and and a lot of people think it's one of the best series they've ever seen. And this week at the Emmys, the star of the Squid Games became the first non English language program winner of Best Actor. Wow. Wow. Okay. Good deal for yeah. them. Good. Good deal yeah. for them. Yeah. I mean, and the it, series. There was the first time a non-English series had ever been nominated. Yeah. No. I gotta tell you. I mean, again, I don't remember what happened. I, it was a while ago, and so I don't know what was going on. But all of a sudden, it was like, uh, I'm sorry, we have to do something else or watch something else or whatever. And um, anyway, but I, I do want to watch it. Um, I do want to watch it. So. Uh, It'll be uh, it'll be uh, it'll be good to get back to it. Maybe I'll wait for a little bit till closer to the second season. We'll see what happens there. Um, well, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think that you know I, I I kind of was in the same boat. I saw the first few episodes and I feel like my life is littered with all these uh, all these series that I've started that I want to go back to, and and this is one of them. This is yeah. one of them, and you know, and 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 I think it, 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 you know, I can't remember why I didn't go back. Yeah, because it's just so fascinating. I'm sorry. In that first episode, when that baby head turns around, you realize you're watching something different. Oh yeah. Okay. And I, I was I was all the way up to the part where the guy had broken onto the boat and stolen the guard's clothes and looked like what. I mean, I was I was into it, you know. But and I'm a completionist. I hardly ever leave a series. Um, alone, even if it's not great, because I just want to get to the end of it to see if it, you know, redeems itself. So I hardly ever do that. But all right, well, let's. Uh, speaking of the Emmys, again, I, who care? I, I can't tell you that I've ever actually watched the Emmys, but I know it used to be a big deal back in two thousand. That was a show that pulled twenty one ten percent of America watched it at one point, and now it ain't doing so hot. Yeah, yeah, you're, there are more people joining you in the let's not watch the Emmys category. I mean, yeah, this thing was a disaster this year. I mean, you know, just like every award show, and I'm literally saying every award show has been just drip, drip, dripping away. This one, it, this one maybe maybe has hit rock bottom. This year's broadcast hosted by Kenan Thompson literally had the smallest audience in the history of the Emmys at 5.9 million viewers that is a drop of 25 percent from last year okay last year that's 6.37 now right follow the progression 2018 you know about what four years ago was the last time they drew over 10 million viewers right and like you said 2000 was the last time they had 21.8 million viewers people just don't care about award shows anymore yeah it's just not the spectacle that it once was if you want yeah. a spectacle just go on social media you'll find plenty of spectacle there um speaking of social media we remember we talked about kim kardashian last week i wish oh, God. I, I wish we hadn't because i mean who cares but now taylor swift a name that even i know i even i know who taylor swift is um says she wants to get in on the action now she wants to direct 
Yeah, you know, th- this is this is pathetic. This is, I mean, you know, this is basically, why don't you just hold up a sign that says, please hire me, okay? So, yeah, yeah, Taylor Swift, you know, very just nonchalantly, you know, was talking up at the Toronto Film Festival um, after this uh, after this uh, short film that she did uh, for, not just for the festival, to pr- promote her music, right? She was the writer and the director and the producer. And, you know, during the, uh, during the uh, Q&A, she just kind of said, you know, I'd really like to direct movies, like bigger movies, like full-length feature movies. That'd be, well, she didn't say this quote, but basically, that would be neato. <laughs> that would be neato. Yeah, uh, was I it... mean, you know, I'm going th- to start throwing stuff out there, too, yeah, okay? Exactly. You know what? I, 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 I would like a, a crazy eccentric billionaire to give me $10 million, Right. How's that going? Yeah. How's no, that gonna happen? Hey, I just I just want to star as I want to be the next hero of the next great action bearded fat action movie actor. That's what I want to be. I mean, you know, if we're, <laughs> if we're throwing desperate things out there, we might as well do it. You know. That's right. Naomi Watts, would you like to go on a date? Yeah. I exactly. think it'd be fun to date <laughs> Naomi Watts. Let's just throw it all out there uh, in the universe. Yeah. Well. Somet- somehow, I have a feeling this doesn't work for you and I like it works for Kim Kardashian and Taylor Swift. Yeah. No. I just exactly. Yeah, I think. But, Shouldn't there be a rule you have to be in a good movie before you're allowed to direct a movie? I mean, seriously, well, have have you seen Cats, people? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, look, there's a there's some great movies out there that have been directed by people who are only directors. So, I mean, I don't necessarily buy that, but you have to have a modicum of talent. What was the response to her All Too Well, the film that she did at uh, at Toronto? Well, it's 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 a fan piece. I okay, mean, you know, yeah. they, you know, I mean, they they showed it to the fans. They're getting all the fans stoked up for it. I mean, it's 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 not supposed to be taken seriously as like you know this great piece of art. It's not high art, right? It was self. Yeah. It was a self congratulatory piece, is what you're saying. So yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. All right. Know? Well, uh, it's Hollywood, and we know Hollywood is crazy. And of course, they never let even the dead rest. Now we're taking uh, now we're taking advantage of uh, recent events, and you've got a new announcement for uh, the latest celebrity to pass away in a fiery crash. Apparently, now somebody's going to make money on it. Yeah, you know, and and yeah, when, whenever there's a big news story, someone's going to try to leverage it into some cash. And uh, it turns out that um, earlier this year. Anne Heche had turned in a manuscript to a publishing company, and it is a follow-up to her um, to her book that she wrote in 2001. You know that was called "Call Me Crazy." This one is now called "Call Me Anne," and uh, yeah, it's all about her her life in Hollywood. And supposedly, she was going to drop some dirt on Ellen DeGeneres. She's going to talk about Harrison Ford and the movie that damaged her career. She's going to talk about you know other things that happened to her. And it's all coming out in January. Yep. In a, you know, bo- in a just, book or a, is it is it going to be a movie? It's a book. Or a book? It's a book. Yeah. Okay. So the book yeah, is still book. coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Because yep. publishers are like, we still got this manuscript. We can make some money. Ooh, let's do it. Well, and that's the thing. You know, they hadn't announced that this thing was coming out, you know, weeks and months ago. I mean, if this, I mean, this manuscript supposedly was turned in over the summer from her. So what was the plan? How come we just announced that we're going to release it? I mean, literally this happened yesterday. They said, yeah, we're going to release this, uh, this book in January. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So somebody's going to make some money off that. And of course, all the crazy stuff that's going on around her death. I mean, who, who knows? It could be the men in black could come and take it away at this point. I don't, I don't know what's happening. Um, all right, well, let's get to the movies. Um, where do you want to start? Hit me, hit me with the good stuff here. 
I want to give you a movie. We how long has it been since we've been able to laugh at a good movie? I I've been a while. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly enough, and and this is what gets me. We've got this decent movie. It's called Confess, Fletch, starring the man who's in every television commercial today, John Hamm. <laughs> and he is. I it? love those it's, progressive commercials. He's so so funny. Yeah. Yeah, they are pretty funny. He did some funny commercials for Apple TV. Uh, you know, I like him as Santa Claus and that other commercial he's doing. But uh, yeah, he actually he found some time in between commercials to make a movie. And yes, this is the Fletch movie that like Chevy Chase. You know, Chevy Chase made the Fletch character very famous in the 80s. And uh, it was based on a series of novels. This is based on the second novel in that series. And uh, John Hamm is taking over. He plays, you know, of course, the, the retired... A retired investigative reporter who is trying to find out what happened to this art collection that his girlfriend and her family owned that got stolen. And he returns to the apartment he's renting, and there's a dead woman there. And now he's the prime suspect because there's a lot of evidence against him. Oh, man. Yep. The Fletch series were kind of funny. That was Chevy Chase, right? Uh, so, yes. Uh, the, the Fletch is, I mean, this is a re- resurrection of an old character, but it's funny. I mean, how does, how does it deliver, I guess? I, I actually like it a lot because it's a lot less hammy than the Chevy Chase version. You know, I mean, the Chevy Chase version was all about him acting, you know, acting as different characters and acting kind of crazy. Here, uh, you know, Fletch is more of, of almost the straight man. You know, like, there's a bunch of crazy characters around him, and, and we get to laugh as he reacts to it, as he has these comeback one-liners, as they have a lot of really cool, uh, you know, a lot of cool you know, kind of conversation back and forth, really great dialogue, I thought worked very, very well. Uh, you know, it's not going to be the greatest mystery you've ever seen, but you get enough, right? right. You get the pieces, you get to see how maybe it's all going to come together, and you know it's all going to come together, because, come on, why would we have two crimes in one movie if they weren't going to be related, right? <laughs> you know? So I, I'm going three waffles. I, wow. I think it's fun. Yeah. Wow. And it, but here's the thing. It's very limited in theaters. Oh. Okay, so like you can't find it in a lot of theaters. If you want to watch it on streaming, okay, you can rent it from like Amazon Prime or some of these other, like Voodoo and these other places, for 25 bucks. 48 hour rental for 25 bucks is like going to the movies. Oh my lord! Now it'll it's going to hit Showtime at the end of October. So if you if you can hold out and you got Showtime, just just wait about a month and a half and you got it. But I, I'm sorry, twenty five dollars for a, a a movie you don't want to put in mass distribution? That seems weird. I mean, it does. But again, it definitely would cost my wife and I more than twenty five dollars to go to the movie theaters, right? So and we yeah. get it, we get it for forty eight hours. So I mean, I you know I don't know. I know, but you know he's handsome, but he's not that handsome. People. Okay, all right. I mean, you, my, I don't think my wife $25. would probably disagree with you on that. <laughs> so, anything over what twenty dollars? Is it eighteen? What's your What's your number for John Ham? My, you know, my my limit for John Ham is nine ninety nine. Well, get a get a friend, buy a friend, <laughs> rent a friend, get like them to pay friends, <laughs> get them to pay nine ninety nine, and have a watch party. So it'll be fine. Um, all right, so three waffles for Confess Fletch. You mentioned Naomi Watts. She's obviously on your brain, and that's probably because of the new Amazon Prime movie, Good Night, Mommy. Give me the give me the dope here. Yeah, that, that'll be the reason I explain why she's on my brain this week, yes. Uh, she has a new movie on uh, Amazon Prime, yes. Good, good Night, Mommy, where these two twin brothers, right, uh, they arrive at, the, at their mother's country home. There's kind of a separation between mom and dad, and she's covered in all these bandages from a recent plastic surgery. And uh, the twins are starting to think that... Uh, 
man, this woman's not acting like mommy. She doesn't really like, you know, love us like mommy did. Maybe she's an imposter. Who's under the bandages, man? Who's under the bandages? <laughs> uh, so is this a comedy? Is it a is it no. drama or is oh, it no. dark? Is, oh, it, is it scary? This is, a, this is a dark, scary, nasty thriller, man. Okay, you know, and and you know, and and they really do play into it. I mean, I thought Naomi Watts did a really great job, just becoming like this mean disciplinarian, like they've never had before. You know, like you know, she's cold to them. She's banning them from certain parts of the house. You know, they have to spy on her. They find out she's smoking. She never used to smoke, and you know, it really starts to get into the psychological kind of play on you know how these kids are feeling and 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 how they're reacting to it. Right. And then, then the movie kind of goes a little wackadoodle. I'm not going to lie. It gets a little crazy. And uh, I think you either buy it or you don't. And I'm just going to say that, okay? You're either going to buy this ending or you won't. But I'm going like two and a half waffles. I think it, I think it works, but I think it should have been a little bit scarier rather than kind of more of the psychological play that we get towards the end because of, because of, because of what happens with the ending. And now we know that Nikki or that uh, Willie has a uh, Naomi Watts fetish, so it's all good. Um, do, you, do you blame me? Do you blame me? Willie Waffle, <laughs> WaffleMovies.com. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate it. We got to go. Thanks very much. Folks, we're out of time. We will see you on Monday. Have a great, it's going to be Blue Monday, Les Guerra and uh, Andrew Gray. We'll see you then. I mean, I think Naomi Watts is a terrific actress. Um, One of the big things I remember watching her in, that was mind-blowing was Mulholland Drive. That was the David Lynch. Yes. I mean, all the David Lynch flicks are, you know, mind-benders to begin with. But she was so good in that. And it was just, it was so, yeah. But she is an excellent actress. Um, this sounds like a tremendous premise. I, I, uh, I'm i sure Terry will be looking for this uh, all over the place here. This seems like pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And, you know, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Naomi Watts um, is one of those people who suffers from the fact that, like, you know, Hollywood thinks there's an expiration age on most women. And, you know, it, you know, there's only so many roles. And, and so now she's doing, like, you know, Amazon Prime movies and things like that. She's an excellent actress. I mean, this yeah. is a woman who's been nominated for, for Oscars before. I mean, she she knows what she's doing. Right. Uh, you know, so to, to see her in something like this, which is, this is actually a remake of an Australian film um, from about seven, eight years ago. Oh, okay. and, uh, and so I think that was what threw me off. I I was a little bit more familiar with the Australian film, and, and that one was a little bit more violent, and it was a little bit, um, a little bit more uh, punishing in, in, than this one one is and and i just remember that and and comparing it to this one i thought was a little a little unfortunate makes it hard yeah makes it hard yeah well we'll have to see uh good night mommy amazon prime uh two and a half waffles all right my friend well i guess we're uh, back to it next week huh well we'll be back next week i mean next week we have the, the infamous Don't Worry Darling, the, the most controversial movie that's out there right now, right, right. or at least the one with the most gossip. But what I'm really looking forward to on Disney Plus, starting next week, Star Wars Andor. That's right. I forgot that that's coming out. Uh, that's coming out next week. Yeah. So we'll have yeah. to watch. We'll have to watch for that one. And uh, maybe you get an episode in. You can give us a you can give us if you get a, if you get a, a preview, you can give us a, a tease on it. 
Oh, we're going to talk about it because, uh, you know, I may get a preview, but I know that it premieres like next Wednesday. And, oh, and you okay. know, you know, I'm watching it. Wednesday. Yeah, I know you're okay. going you're yeah, to binge yeah. that one for sure. You, <laughs> you nerd. All right. That's right. I, and I'm owning it. I, I'm owning it. Hey, I'm proudly a nerd. Don't uh, don't don't take that the wrong way. I'm proudly a nerd to my myself. All right. Willie Waffle, WaffleMovies.com. Thank you, my friend. As always, appreciate it. We will catch you on the flip side. All right. See you next week. Folks, we really are out of time. Les Guerra, candidate for governor, and Andrew Gray, candidate for assembly, or excuse me, candidate for the legislature, is coming up on Monday. I'm calling it Blue Monday. That'll be fun. It'll be interesting interviews for sure. Make sure you tune in. Don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube. Don't forget to follow on Twitch. Don't forget to follow and like the page on Facebook. Do all the things. Do all the things. And share it with your friends. And subscribe on the podcast. I can tell you to do things. I can tell you to do things all day long. We'll see you on uh, Monday. Have a great weekend. Last thing I tell you to do. Have a great weekend. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. Shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.